We're four teaching friends from across the country. Who've discovered that if you don't laugh, you cry and lose sight of your why. I'm Retta. I'm Deanne. I'm Tracy. <laughs> and I'm Kathy. <laughs> and we teach so hard. You know what's really hard? Keeping the kids learning throughout the summer. Mm. Yeah, like it's our job. <laughs> hey now! <laughs> There's an Irish jig for you, dance. <laughs> hmm. Oh my gosh, we're starting to lose it. Here. Um, I'm, I'm serious. Like, like the, the first time I, I had a principal who said, I want to see your summer packet before you leave. Oh, and it was like, like two weeks before school was out. And I was, and I said, what summer packet? Really? And she said, you know, filled with activities and reading lists that the children can do all summer. And I said, what are the parents going to do? Did you ask her what she was smoking? I mean, come on. I, I pretty <laughs> much thought that. But you know what? Here's Doris Day again. <laughs> I, I did think that, but it was like the best thing she could have done because my packet got bigger and better every year. Um, so, so I, I, I am a big fan of the summer packet. And Are you not, really? Oh wow. yeah. Not, not like those really thick books, you know, with the whole curriculum for the next year in it, but some suggestions for some fun summer things to do that maybe kids didn't think about like planning, planting a salad garden or making a fairy garden or, um, experimenting with different bubble mixtures, different things. Oh, fun like things that. like that. Not worksheet yeah. packet. Exactly. Okay. And some fun things to write yeah. about, you know, mm -hmm. encouraging them to do a little writing, some suggestions for reading uh, some, some things they might not normally read things like that. So I do something like that. I have them like we brainstorm. I ask them to think about the best book they've ever read some of the best books they've ever read and they make a big list and then we compile that huge list and they choose one book that they talk about with the kids. So the kids go home with a list to go to the library with about 50 books on it by the time we're done that their friends have recommended and, and told one. Right. And that's the best kind of recommendation. That mm -hmm. is. We did that one year with our um, pen pals and so the, the teacher and I agreed, like, let's give book recommendations for our last pen pal letter. Mm -hmm. And so the kids were thrilled to hear what their pen pals were reading, some of which were very similar to us and some were completely new titles. So we yeah. compiled our list as well as our pen pal list. And again, so they went home with at least 50 different titles too. See, and that, that's, that's great. great. I think that's awesome. And, and my, go ahead, Deanne. <laughs> uh, my school system would, um, there was a list of books that the kids were supposed to read over the summer. You know, each grade had a certain amount. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's all we really had to do. But you could add some fun stuff to that. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. <laughs> definitely. No, absolutely. And ladies, if any of us, I know some of us have freebies around this. Like I have a freebie that I offer to, um, people, about, um, you know, how to do the list with the kids. And there's some like little copyable, um, printable, copyable. Oh, I'm tired. Printable materials, you know, for them to use with their kids. And I, um, I'll put the link in the show notes and any of us that have freebies, we should do that. Be sure to check our links when we're done guys. 
Yes. So let's talk about this. What is some of the advice that you would offer to parents to help their child enjoy the summer without forgetting basic skills? What would you suggest to parents? So I think that, you know, (laughs) I always think a summer vacation is all bets are off, right? You sleep till noon, you stay up till one in the morning on your game box, your Xbox, whatever you call whatever you call it, right? right. Atari. That's what that's what you do, Tracy. But kids don't do that. Kids get their parents up at six o'clock just like it's a school day. And they want to know what there is to do that's fun. And there is a ton of research. It's, there's more and more coming out every day about screen time oh, I agree and the negative effects that it has on kids' brains. So really, you're doing parents a favor by arming them with some things that are mm-hmm. fun to do that don't involve screen Absolutely time. you are. But I think, I think about my fifth graders when they come back to school on Monday and they talk about their weekends. So many of them are talking about all of this unstructured screen time. It's... And that's a weekend. Yes. That's not a summer. So the summers, when I think about summers, are scary. It is scary. It curls mm-hmm. my toes just thinking about it. Right. Summer is the weekend on steroids. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. How, it's not. How about how about suggesting how they do blogs? Oh, great it's idea! Online, mm-hmm. yeah. But anything they want, mm-hmm. they would like that definitely. Or, or start a YouTube channel. And yes. teach other kids how to do something that they're mm-hmm. good at. That's right. Yeah. I always give my parents like a list of um, just suggestions, like set a routine. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I, you know, I said, it's so tempting for us just to throw all the routines out the window. I said, but really there still needs to be some kind of routine. And I know my poor daughters growing up always knew that, well, one, before they could come in and wake me up, they had to get certain things done. Like they had to read for at least 30 minutes. They had to do something fun with math. I had like different, like Marcy Cook tiles or something <laughs> oh, to I keep their this. brains going. And then they were kind of free after that. But they, I set kind of, this is the schedule. You need to do this first and then we can have fun. And we'd have unstructured playtime or we'd you know do something as a family. Mm-hmm. But they definitely still had to keep their brains going. Right. <laughs> I got to make sure everybody heard Marcy Cook tiles. Oh my we, gosh, my we favorite. We are not an affiliate of Marcy mm-hmm. Cook, no. but I'm telling you, that is the best way to get your brain just hooked around math all summer long. Yep, and you don't even realize you're doing yeah. anything. So let's talk about what are some specific summer opportunities for learning that you would suggest to parents, some specific summer places to go that are going to keep the kids thinking and engaged. Museums are a great place to take kids to. Um, if they like to draw pictures or if they like to take pictures with a camera, they could take pictures and then maybe describe what they've seen in a little booklet or mm-hmm. something. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of using photos and then writing mm-hmm. about it. Yes. Kind of jogs the kids' memories. Great. Mm-hmm. 
We have, I don't, they must have these in other cities. We have a store at the mall called Tinker Lab, and we've got another place called Robot Garage, where they have all of these um, engineering activities mm-hmm. set up for kids. And of course, you could buy things there too, but you don't have to. You can just pay a small admission fee, um, well, to Robot Garage anyway, and go in there and play for hours with all of the Lego materials and, um, you know, di- different kind of connects and, and all different kinds of building materials. Oh, that's fun. Great, great yeah. activity. That well, and great. like the local parks and theaters often have free events in the summer specifically for kids or something very low cost. Um, here in California, we have the Hollywood Bowl and they have a summer program for kids specifically where different um, multicultural groups come in, they learn about the country, then they have the music. And then there's always a little art class afterwards where they get to do an art having to having related to the, um, to whatever they just saw. And that's, that is so great too. So I know that um, in Detroit, our our Detroit Institute of Art oftentimes has art in the museum um, classes for kids and, um, adolescents and the kids can go and experience the museum and then sit and do an art project around it. It's a really great program to investigate. I did weaving there one time. It was mm-hmm. so much fun. It's, it's a great place to be. The public library, never under underestimate your public library. Oh, they have the best programs, public writing challenges, authors, storytelling. They always have that stuff going on in the summer. My daughter even took yeah. a calligraphy class there, like a free calligraphy class. Oh, nice. And they have nice. bookmaking classes for free. Um, we sign up for their summer reading challenges. Mm-hmm. They have adult challenges as well as teen and kid challenges. And then they have like, it comes with a game board of, you know, mm-hmm. every time you read a book and they do an activity um, and then some kind of celebration during the year. But they also, if you um, send your families to Scholastic, mm-hmm online, you know, scholastic.com, they have summer Uh reading challenges Mm -hmm. there too. You know, also, you know, we all have taught like fourth, fifth and sixth grade students. And most of them in this day and age have access to a phone. um, And that means they have the ability to do um, some video casts. And so to take them on on a little field trip that's local like that and challenge them as if they're a tour guide, what would they say about it? Right. So they take video and they narrate Mm. and they, or they could take video and add narration afterwards um, in something like iMovie. And, you know, as an adult, as a parent, you might not know how to do that, but I guarantee your kids do. (laughs) The kids do. They can teach. Exactly. You'll figure it out in three minutes time and you'll still be sitting there two hours later trying to figure out what to do. (laughs) <laughs> exactly you can and also don't, have under, don't underestimate the power of journaling yeah. get a journal yourself and give a journal to your kid oh, yeah. and nice just have some time every day you when know you write about your day there's tons of yeah, botanical gardens in so many communities and so to, to journaling doesn't mean it has to be writing it can be sketching too so to go out and with a twinkle or a yes. pack oh, yes. of colored pencils and yes. sketch out in a botanical garden. Kids would love that. Oh, my gosh. And, oh, oh, my gosh. I'm not even going to say the name of the company. But there's a company that sells watercolor paints. And they have, and don't buy them all before yeah. I buy mine from Amazon. 
They have these little portable easels with a set of watercolors and a water brush inside. It's so small it could fit in your jeans pocket. Oh. And you can take that with you outside on a trip to the park or the botanical garden or the zoo or whatever. And you can make a little mini watercolor of what you're seeing. Ooh, and then you yes. can tie in your poetry writing. You can write poetry yes. about yes. it. Yes. Well, so ladies, mm-hmm. let's talk about this. We all have these tasks and we can make these suggestions. But have you ever done teaching incentives to get kids to do what you're suggesting? What are some of the ideas you've used for that? <laughs> Well, a super fun activity is like a summer bingo where you have a bingo card or paper or whatever, and each square is a different activity. So, you know, write a letter to someone, write a poem, maybe read a specific genre of book, go visit a museum, go for a walk. Play with your I mean, dog. things that get the kids yeah. out and moving, but also then connecting, reading and writing. Um, you know, and, and then like, well, the kids always mm-hmm. ask, what do I get? What do I get? And I always say, you know, the satisfaction of knowing you've accomplished something. But also, I usually have the kids that finish yes. things like that have lunch with the teacher, their old teacher, right? The first week back at school. And they just love just that one-on-one, or not mm-hmm. one-on-one, but small group time. I've done something up. I call marathon reading. And I challenge the kids to march with their reading towards a marathon distance, which is 26, bo- uh, 26 books for this particular reading challenge. So they start out reading a 5K and then a 10K and then a half marathon and then um, a full marathon, 26 books by the end of the summer. And then they send me a, a, a postcard each time they meet, make a milestone. And there's a little journal that goes with it. And then because I teach fifth grade, yeah, How and cute. at the end of the summer, after school is started, oh. usually in September, I teach fifth grade. So these are returning sixth graders who are at another site. I send them a save oh. the date email or postcard, depending on, on what is the most handy. And I have them come by after school one day and visit me in the classroom. And I'll go get Little Caesar's Pizza or something. And we'll sit around and we'll talk about the books we read and just talk about how life is in middle school and just kind of, you know, touch base. And I, they love it because it's a chance to see each other again. And it's a chance to see me again and tell me how they're doing. And, and that's, Oh, they love that. I'm sure, especially to like physically come yeah, back to their old yeah. teacher and their and old school. And then I have, yes. I did one year. I sprang and I did get medals. I got like um, marathon medals for the the people who who finished their marathon. Nice. Okay, I gotta say, I'm stumped because I make a really fun summer package, and it's got the calendar. You know, something different to do every day, and different suggestions of things to write and to read. And, and, and I cry when they leave and I kiss them goodbye. And I don't, (laughs) I don't do any, any follow up on that because that's, Mm -hmm. that's their summer and their choice to me. Anyway, I think the suggestions are great. And when they come back to visit, it's one or two or three at a time and informally. And, you know, that always continued too. I, I love your ideas. But I have to honestly say I never did either of those. 
And I, I'm with you, Retta. I um, never had, you know, the expectation of having to come back and, you know, having them read like that. But, but the ideas are fantastic. I mean, you guys are great. You really yeah, are. Yeah, so how guilty do we feel, Dan? I don't know. I know. I didn't <laughs> know. No. no, well, well the other thing, too, that, that actually a group of my students came up with themselves was oh, we had read the book Gregor yes. the Overlander by Suzanne mm-hmm. Collins, right? They, yeah. they love the book. I did it as a read aloud, but then they said, well, aren't there more yeah. books? I said, well, there are, there's, I think five in the series. So they, they came up with the plan with how about we read the rest of the series over the summer and whoever finishes it can meet for a book club, yes. you know, when we get back in the fall. And so we did that. They oh, uh, nice. probably out of a class of 30, I had about eight kids read all five books in the series. And then we met the first week Ooh. back and had lunch and had a book club all on their own. You like, know, so I did so have fun. an idea that I wanted wow. to try oh, um, yeah. this summer. And I'm still kind of like musing over the logistics of it. But I kept thinking, you know, so much. We do so much with reading. But here's the thing. As a writing teacher, I know that oh, there's the squeaky toy. I know. Our kids have to be writing as much as they are reading. (laughs) The skills have to develop together. So I um, have been thinking about asking the kids to pair up with someone and using Google to help them tandem story write together over the summer. So they can. Oh, that's excellent. Like a shared thing under the umbrella of my classroom. So it can be kind of monitored, you know. Um, but they would, they get to write with a partner and they get to write, you know, creative writing, like fiction, whatever they want to write, they get to work on as a partner. And so I'm, I'm thinking about how that would work. You know, of, if you like to write mysteries, you might want to be paired with these people. If you like to write nonfiction, you know, that kind of thing. I think that would be a really cool thing to do with them. That would be really cool. I had um, kids for book reports. One of the ways to do it was to pick a partner and read the same book and do like yeah. put on a little skit together about the book. They had fun with that. Well, oh, I bet they did. ladies, yeah. I think that we're just about out of time. I mean, is there any other idea that we want to say? Anything new that we want to add before we go to our number one tip? Well, I was, I do have one other idea. It's uh-huh. like planning a family fun day where your child can write, can write invitations to people in the family and decide what they want to do. They can make up the menu and what they're going to do with the games, whatever. And they would have to write it all out and everything. Yeah. So that's a really good project based learning. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then to the end, if they could take pictures of everybody doing something cool. and they could write up a little thing about it. So, all right. Yes. So then, ladies, let's talk about this. (laughs) Let's go on and we'll transition to our number one tip. Whatever you do, just make it fun so the kids enjoy it and they don't realize that they're actually learning because it's been a long year and they really do need a break. And make it something easy for parents so yeah. they don't have to be ogres supervising it all summer. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Parents do not that's need homework. Right. And I agree no. with you, Deanne. Like our kids are so burnt out by the time the end of the year comes, yeah. as are their teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But just make 
reading and writing and even math. I give math suggestions for how to incorporate it, you know, in cooking and things like that. Just oh, make it fun recipes. and that it's like real life kind of activities. Yeah, my I think that that's my number one tip yeah. is to step away from the worksheet. Please, you know, we say, we all see them. We see these books yes. of how to be ready for fifth grade, how to be. It's not, it, it's not that oh, those I books. hate worksheets because I, I don't. But I think that, um, you know, we get so much of that throughout the school year. And to have a child spend their summer doing worksheet books is really when there's so much experiential learning um, that happens out there, that's so much more valuable. You know, it, it creates schema for new experiences the following yes. year. And I think that's yes. more important than a book of math worksheets. So that would be my number one tip. Well, yes. dear listeners, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. We hope you listen in. If you like what you hear, visit our blogs. We offer um, free resources and tips and ideas for t your teaching. We also um, have a Facebook page we'd love you to check out. It's in our show notes. We hope that you'll stop by and listen again. I'm so excited about next week's topic, guys. So excited because. We are going to be talking what is it? about Tell us. <laughs> for you, the teacher, to read. Our next few episodes are just for you. And we are going to be having a book club oh over the next month. We're going to be talking about, a f each of us will be talking about a favorite book. And we want to hear what you think. So next week, we're going to be kind of more. <laughs> unveiling a list that we're suggesting oh we'd gosh. like you to read along with us this summer. So make sure that you stop by. It's all for you because you teach so hard. Oh.